Shorayim Tov, we continue our studies in the Sefer Sha'arim Batvila, in the version that I have around page Nun Aleph. We're talking about the fifth expression of prayer in the Sefer, which is Rina. And Rina, again, is a word that's difficult to translate into English. We said Rina is a prayer of praise and thanksgiving before Hashem. And we said that that's a preface to tefillah because you have to be prepared to do the avoda. Remember we said yesterday there's tefillah that's not avoda and there's tefillah that is avoda. And avoda means that you are now serving the almighty, all-powerful God and your mindset is in that way. That can only come after you have praised what his abilities are. We also said that that should, has to come with simcha, because if you really understand what you're doing, it's a great simcha to be serving Hashem. So now we're in the section Gimel, and now Shlomo is, wants to get in. Okay, it's not going to work today. Okay, so Rav Pinka says the first foundation of prayer is emuna, is faith in Hashem. He's going to describe that exactly, but the simply to have faith that there's a creator in the world and to know that Hashem is the only true reality and is uh, no and is without any doubt as real as anything else that you think is real. But that's not enough when we talk about Amuna, because the essential recognition that there's a creator really isn't Amuna. It's simple logic understanding to anyone who's not totally blind. Okay? There is a song of the world that the world sings that only a completely deaf person cannot hear. And yes, there's a lot of people who don't want to hear and don't want to see. But anyone who really opens up his eyes and he sees the truth clearly, as the Pusik says, lift your eyes above and see who created this, it's obvious creation by design means that there is a God in this world. So that's not the Amuna that we're talking about over here. Because we're not talking to idiots. Only an idiot could say there's no God in this world. If you're an idiot, do not even enter. Or you're a willful idiot. Okay? We don't have, that's no such thing. It's clear. A five-year-old knows that there's a God in this world. So what is the real work of Amuna? It's to believe that Hashem has unlimited ability and that's something that nobody can say or understand. But unless you know that he has all the power, then you really don't have any amuna. And if a person really uh, thinks about this, if any sorrow comes in his life and the person is depressed, and he's in despair or close to that because he figures there's no way out of his situation, that means there's a great deficiency in his amuna. Because if he believed in God the way God really is, there's no such thing as no solutions for God. There may be no solutions for you, but the creator of the world is not short of Solutions, even when you don't think there's a solution. Why? Because he can grasp 
things that you can't, and he has power that you can't imagine. So, therefore, the simplest example, when the Jews were at the Sea of Reeds, they had all kinds of ideas of what to do. Right? There were four ideas they had. Either commit suicide, scream, surrender, or fight. And guess, and this was, you know, this was the Jewish people. They really think, they, they want to live. Those are only four solutions. What if somebody would say, well, just go in the water and God will split the sea. I say, you crazy? That's not a solution. That's, that's crazy. And guess what? That's the solution that Hashem had. So for a person to say, there is no hope, that is a lack of amuna. Now, doesn't mean to say that every time you're in trouble, Hashem will help you. That's a different story. That depends on a lot of factors. Either you have to be deservant of it or the will of God is that you should not get out of this difficult situation. But for a person to say there's no way out of this situation and and now and because of that I'm depressed and I'm troubled, that means you don't have amuna because you don't really you don't really need that Hashem can do anything. He even brings back the dead from the life. Now, if that's going to happen, it's another story. Let's not make a mistake and expect these things to happen. That's a, a real major mistake. You know, Nebuchadnezzar, you have a lot of hostages. So what does Emuna mean? Emuna means we're not in despair. And if Hashem wants, he can get them out like this. And there were crazy stories that happened in the last two weeks that are just unbelievable where certain hostages not, not certain terrorists who have no mercy no mercy at all they come into a house and some, they want to kill the whole family and somehow the mother convinces them I'll make you breakfast and they eat breakfast and then they leave and they don't kill them did you hear that story now what does that mean well listen when they come in the house it's you're finished there's no way out who says? Maybe Hashem wants to save you. You know, I'm not saying that that family had more Amuna than other families. I'm just saying it's just, it's just a proof that the fact that it looks hopeless doesn't mean it is hopeless. Now, it could still mean you'll die or you're going to suffer, but it's not from a sense. Hopeless means, oh, what bad luck I had. Oh, never. Terrible luck. And there's no way out of this terrible situation. That's, that's not Amuna. You're lacking Amuna. And therefore, you have to start with emuna. Oh, that's the sort of prayer. So there's nothing that Hashem cannot do. And that's why, before the shacharis, Amida, what prayers do we say? The last, the bracha after the Krishna. It talks about how Hashem split the sea. And also before Mariv. Now, why are we doing that? Because, and we end Baruch Hashem Gual Yisrael. Which means if you don't believe that Hashem can come up with solutions that you can't think of, then you're not praying to God. You might be praying to other people, but you're not praying to God. Uh, in the same way, he brings a few mishalim, some parables. A person who's very sick, he's deathly ill, he's broken, the doctors have given hope on him. And he hears that in his city, an expert doctor who knows how to heal this disease is here. And 
I don't even know, you don't even know if you're going to get a hold of it. But you already have some hope. Even though it's a famous doctor, you don't even know if the doctor will want to see you or you can afford the doctor or if you can really help in this situation. But that little uh, lightning flash of hope, even on a doubt, will make the person a little happier and will give him feelings of hope that maybe he can get out of it. Or let's say you have to pay huge debts, huge debts. You know, nowadays, unfortunately, people who had mortgages that are coming up and originally took the mortgage on 2% and now have to pay 7%. And there's no way they can make those mortgage payments. And it looks like all is lost. And then he realizes, he hears that a, a former friend of his from the good old days who made it big happens to be in town. So he already has some hope. Maybe he'll see, maybe not. Maybe he'll help me, maybe he won't. So we see that even when things are lost, we already brighten up, even though you have no idea if this guy's going to help you. Now, is Hashem better than the master doctor? Is Hashem better than your wealthy friend? More capable? Sure. And he's here. He's here right with you. Okay. And uh, so therefore, if you're going to pray, it has to be based on the foundation that you understand that Hashem is all-powerful. There's nothing that He cannot do. And you have to come in with that attitude. And that's the preface to prayer. And that's the rena. The rena is the praise and thanksgiving to Hashem. Before we start to meet that, the first three brachas, we say, Hashem, you have all the power of chesed, all the power of gvura, all the power of mercy. Now that I know that you're totally capable of doing everything I can do, I have hope that at least things can, can happen. It's possible. I can request. And if I deserve it, and if he thinks it's the best thing, he'll do it for me. And if not, then he understands it's not the best thing for me. Okay. So, and let's say sometimes it happens. Let's say a person believes that Hashem listens to his prayers. And then when things are bad, he pours his heart, but very bitterly, as like one is complaining. As it says in Yoma, the Pusik says, Daga Belevish, if a person has a worry in his heart, he should tell it to others. And the uh, and what if a person says, Oy, how bitter it is, how I am lost. There's no solution to my situation. And he's turning to Hashem. And he's and he's suffering. And he's but he's cries of despair. And we figure, wow, that must be an amazing prayer. It's not. The truth of the matter is, it's a doubt if maybe the guy is a kaifer or an apikurus. Because he's standing before the creator and saying there's no solution to my problem. If you really believe in Hashem and you understand what Hashem can do, he has to speak to Hashem and say, listen, I don't see any problems, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm standing before you and you know solutions even though I don't know any solutions. That's a proper prayer. You're saying, I have no, uh, according to human resources, I have, there's no hope. 
But I don't believe in any of that because I'm turning to you and I know you are not throttled by nature. And I, I can ask you to go supernatural for me. Now, once you're doing that already, then you got to start thinking to yourself, well, why should God do that for me? After all, have I ever gone out of my way for Hashem? No, not really. So why should Hashem go out of his way for me? So then I think, well, maybe I should do something to go out of my way. Maybe something I haven't really done so well. And now I, I need to do that. You see, and that's, and that's the idea. If you know that the, that the God is there and he can do that all for you. So similarly, what we're going through now, what kind of prayers, there's, there's all kinds of people with all kinds of different prayers now. Nebuch, if you're a, a, a relative of someone who's a hostage now, or somebody who is deathly ill, wounded, or even those who have died, and your relatives with them, you'll have one type of prayer. If you're living in Thornhill and you feel the pain of the Jewish people, or you're worried anti-Semitism is getting really bad, uh, they're not really stopping a lot of these uh, uh, rallies, these rallies are saying that it should be from the river to the river, there should be no Jews there, which means death to the Jews. I don't know, according to every Western government, that's called hate. And they don't allow people to say that, but they allow them to say that. So, so we have to, it's, there's no doubt in our minds, we have to realize this is a serious situation. Everyone according to their level of what the serious situation is. So, so, we, we cannot, now, if you're a goy, you could despair because you don't got anyone to rely on. And as we continue, we see that and there really is, and you see how Shem is playing this out. He wants to play it out if he's, that we will see we have no one to rely on. You can't rely on the army because they did a terrible job. Not the soldiers, but the people in charge of the army. Not the soldiers. Right? They did a terrible job. No question about it. A terrible job. They're still doing a terrible job. Well, what do you want? Well, there's another person. Biden is also doing a terrible job. He's forcing them to let $100 million of weapons shipped into Gaza to be used to kill the Jews. Oh, no, it's not called weapons. It's called humanitarian aid. Oh, yeah, we know about all the humanitarian aid for the last years. We know that Iran got $6 billion. And we know that anybody, any terrorist who died is getting like $3 million. His family's getting $3 million directly from the United States. Now, of course, Biden says he has our back. Well, one thing you know about Biden, he's never told the truth once in his life. He always lies. So, of course, he's lying to you right now. And that's why, why isn't Israel going in and, and really destroying Gaza? Because Biden's not letting them. So we have nobody to rely on so that you could really, this is it, this is the end, this is the Holocaust, we're all finished. You say, you say like this, Hashem, according to normal historical um, uh, evidence, we're finished. But we know you can take care of everything and you're the only one we rely on. Okay, now if you know that, then you should not be desperate. You should have simcha. Simcha meaning that you are full of praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That you know we have the super weapon. We don't need the nuclear. We don't need anything. We have the super weapon. We've seen Hashem use it time and time again. 
again, to get it clear, to get it clear, guys, when the UN said the United, that Israel could be a country, don't give them any credit and don't think they're nice people. They wanted to be able to comfortably wash their hands off from the Holocaust. What do I mean? When you decide that Israel should be a state and you know there are five Arab countries that can outrun and outgun the Jews like a hundred to one, and you know when that state is declared, they're going to get wiped off the face of the earth. It's not like the UN decided and then sent in troops to protect them. He said, you can be a country and uh, you're on your own. <laughs> so what did that mean? Well, what do you want from us? We gave, they, we gave them what they wanted. They wanted a state. We did everything they asked for. Really, everything they asked for. Yeah, we gave them a state so they could be destroyed. And then we can go to sleep at, at, well, very well at night. And everybody knows that. And how did they win? Because they were brave. Because they were brave. Without equipment, without anything. Just brave. Bravery alone doesn't win. Hashem did miracles. Kept doing miracles. So, therefore, when, when we know Hashem's on our side, ah, but you got to hope that Hashem's on our side. That's where you got to start begging. That's where you got to start pleading. And you have to say, you know, maybe we haven't been on your side so much lately, but we promise to do better. And God says, I've heard that before. Can you do something to convince me? So these are the, the, the difficult issues, but you, you have to believe that Hashem is totally capable. There's nothing he cannot do. Doesn't mean you're gonna get it, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't hope to get it either. It doesn't mean you're wasting your time <coughs> asking him because he's a loving father who this is very painful for Hashem to do this and he wishes he doesn't have to do it. And he's trying his best to miraculously save us. As we saw again, like so many miracles during the during this last 11 days, you know, terrorists are going past villages and the gates locked. So they go to another village. What kind of stupidity is that? So the gates locked. All you have to do, take two grenades and you blow up the gate and you go through. Why didn't they do it? You know why? Because those villages kept Charles. Huh? So they didn't blow them up. So that's what you see. That's what you see. So that's why, and now, so that's why you have to have total emunah nashem. <coughs> Moving on to section Dalin. And I said, so where does the simcha? He said, simcha has to always be with tefillah. So he says, simcha is not something that you have to activate or something will happen and give you simcha. When I would say, say to you, well, are you besimcha now? You'll say, why should I? Nothing's going my way. Why should I be the simple? If I won the lottery, I would be the simple. <coughs> if I had a miraculous cure, I would be the simple. Oh, it means something else has to turn on your simple? Or I'm not in the mood to have simple. But you have to know, the essential nature of a Jewish soul is to have simple. Why? Because your soul comes from the highest places. Your whole existence is the greatest kindness of Hashem. When you were up in Shemayim, you were sitting next to Hashem and enjoying every minute of it. And Hashem sent you on a mission to tell you, I want you to enjoy more by you earning it. And the whole world is besimcha. Okay? 
And we see, for example, everything in the world works for simcha. For example, we have uh, Perak Shira. Every creature sings to Hashem. Shira, Shira. That means they're happy. And as we explain what is happiness, we say in the morning class, what is happiness is us, oh, I'm happy. Happy knowing you're doing the right thing that you're meant to do at this time. You're doing what Hashem wants you this time. And I'm happy with that. So the frog's happy. The elephant's happy. The moon is happy. The, the, the grasshoppers are happy. The water's happy. They're all doing what they're supposed to do. And the malachim, when they sing, they only sing kulam ahuvim, when they all feel beloved and they're all happy. Okay? And a person doesn't, you know, but unlike people who sing when they're in the mood to sing. No, the angels are be'etzim, are by definition happy. So it is a Jewish person, by definition, your core inside is bubbling with simcha. It's the natural default position. Because you know exactly what you're here for. Ah, why don't we feel happy? Because we get distracted. Distracted by physical <coughs> things. And the, the angels don't get distracted. The water doesn't get distracted. The elephants don't get distracted. People are the only ones with the free choice to be distracted. But if a person has the thoughts of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Tommy, and you're totally connected to Hashem, because that is what the reality is. And when you really feel that way, then Hashem is really there for you in that way. And we know, it says in the great Svarim, that wherever your mind is, that's where you are. And if you're davening to Hashem, and you think Hashem is right here in my midst, so at that moment, you don't feel you're in a desperate place. And therefore you're able to pray. If you're davening to Hashem, and you know He's right there, He's mamish right there, and He wants only to do what's good for you, so how could you not always be besimcha? You're always besimcha. You know, sometimes you go to the doctor for your checkup, and after the checkup he says you're healthy. Oh, you're besimcha. Yeah, how long does the simcha last? Until the next thing happens. Until you walk out of the office and trip on the floor and break your leg. Almost like you're not besimcha. For us to be besimcha, we don't have to go to the doctor to get a good, clean bill of health. You're besimcha because you know the doctor is always next to you. Hashem is the doctor. Hashem is the doctor. So then I, it doesn't depend on anything. I'm always in a default position of simcha. And this, of course, answers the obvious question that's asked in so many ways. How can we command, how can God command us to serve him besimcha? It says you have to ibdu es Hashem besimcha. How can you legislate feelings? The same question is, how can you legislate love? We have to love Hashem, we have to fear Hashem. And just like we say the answer by love, we have to say the same answer by simcha. The Rambam says the mitzvah of, being, of, of loving Hashem is we have to do things that bring us to that recognition that Hashem loves us. 
And he goes through in great detail to reflect on the greatness of the world, the miracles of every day of creation, the miracles of your body, everything that happens over there. That's the same thing with the Mitzvah Simcha, the same thing, that your natural default position is to be Basimcha. So now you just got to make sure that all the clouds get pushed away. And to just figure, again, if you have so much reason to love Hashem, you'll have so much reason to be besimcha. Because you know, whatever is happening to me, Hashem is doing it, and He only cares about me, and He's right next to me the whole time. How can I not always be besimcha? And that's that point. So, And that's really lost on a lot of us. We're, we're, we're davening, especially extra davening, and we're crying and we're being bit, feeling bad and that. You can cry, that's fine. But you still have to be besimcha. Still have to be besimcha. Meaning to say, I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now. <clears throat> and I know Hashem is with me right now. And I'm not, you know, I'm not lost, I'm not being, uh, that Hashem just forgot about us. He did not forget about the Jewish people. He orchestrated everything here to get our attention. And now, if a person has that understanding, then you're besimcha, because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing at this time. And now comes a very interesting point, he says. Just like when a person davens and asks for mercy from Hashem, he can bring down that to come down to help him. So too, when you pray words of praise, that too brings, that itself alone brings down energy. Good energy. By praising Hashem for all the kindness that He does in a certain area, Hashem will continue to send it out. For example, <coughs> a story in Masechus Tainus, the Jews didn't have any rain. So one of the rabbis gets up there and he says like this, Mashiva Ruach! He says, Mashiva Ruach! And the wind starts blowing and howling. Umarida Gashem and the rain starts coming. Question, did that Sadiq ask for anything? He didn't say, give us. He said, Hashem is someone who brings the wind and brings the rain. What was he doing? He was praising Hashem. What's the Gemara teaching us? That you don't always have to ask. Even praising Hashem, that's enough. That's what is it, does it? Because when you're showing what Hashem's power is, and you're arranging that prayer, Hashem is happy that he's with you, and he'll already answer even before that happens. And that's what the Nefesh Chaim brings out from the rabbis, when we say Hashem's name is Ekiah, Asher Ekiah, I will be what I will be. So what's the deeper meaning? Hashem says, just the way you're with me, so I will be with you. As David Melech says, Hashem is your shadow. So what does mean Hashem is your shadow? Like your shadow. Your shadow just copies you. So if you're uh, smiling to the shadow, the shadow smiles back. If you're not happy, the shadow's not happy. We could not use a mirror as the same example. So what, what's that measure trying to tell us about our avoda? Okay, if you're very close to Hashem in your avoda, so Hashem is close to you. And if you sing out to Hashem, 
you look at the world and you have a good rosy outlook because Hashem is there. So guess what? Hashem looks at you with a rosy outlook. And in the area that you're praising Hashem, when you're praising Hashem, Hashem, you, I'm praising you, you can heal all the sick. It's a praise. I know you can do this. So guess what? Hashem says, I'm going to open up the gates for you. Now, it's interesting. There's a Pasuk that says like this. Tov lachasos Hashem. It's good to shelter by Hashem. It's better to shelter by Hashem than to put your trust in other people. Why didn't it just say it's good to put your trust in Hashem than trusting other people? What's the difference between lachasos, to take shelter, and mivtoach, to trust, to, to believe? Bitochon is something where you trying to get a guarantee. Chisayon, sheltering, you don't need any promises. You already are being protected. If you are under the shade of a tree, you don't have to say, can you please give me shade? It's there. If you're not, and you ask somebody, can you give me an umbrella? I'm hoping you'll give me an umbrella. I trust you'll give me an umbrella. Maybe yes, maybe no. <clears throat> but if you're under the tree, you don't have to say, I trust the tree. The tree, by definition, is helping me completely. And that's what's going on. That's why he's saying it's better to, to be sheltered by Hashem. I mean to say, I'm ready there. It's good to be by Hashem, to realize I am by Hashem. I'm already in the shelter. I don't need anything else. It's there. Trusting people that give you their word, that's not going to happen. And that's what it says in Tehillim. Chas your your kindness and your truth always protected me. We always have to say of chesed and emes. And chesed means understanding that Hashem is giving in a way of giving. Okay, maybe Hashem will give me. But emes means I'm getting everything because that's his reality. The emes, the truth is Hashem is next to me. And if I really understand that emes, he'll always protect me. If I don't have that, okay. Then I'll have to come on to Chesed. I'll say, well, Keshem, can you do me a favor? Do you a favor? I'm, I'm here. I mean, can you? I do you a favor. Imagine a little kid's walking with his father in a scary place, and he says to his father, Dad, will you help me? Idiot, you have to ask me? You're holding my hand. Of course I'm going to help you. That's the MS that is over there. Therefore, in prayer, if in realities, that the person is standing and praising God because he feels connected to. Okay. So for those praises and sings God, that it means that Hashem is, he's living with Hashem actually. So therefore, if Hashem is that close, of course the abundancy is going to come down no matter what. There's no question that the abundancy will come down. So this is the idea. Now we're gonna, tomorrow we're gonna take it in the morning much deeper because there's going to be a little bit of a problem. It says in Eicha, very sad Megillah, Kumi Romi Belayla, get up and sing praises to God in the nighttime. Lerosh Hashmars at the beginning of the watch. Shivri Kamaim Libek, I pour my heart like water. Nochach Pensunei Hashem, before you Hashem. Lift your hands up for the souls of the infants 
who are enveloped in starvation, who are in the streets. What's this? Kumi Roni Balaila? Sing out praises to God in the middle of a destruction of Esamikdash? How do you have a tefillah like that while the infants are enwrapped in suffering? Roni, let's get up. Let's get up and sing praises to a God. So that's going to be the difficult question that we're going to answer. And that has a lot of relevance to what we're going through now as well. Okay, we'll stop it over here.